Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration on the live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host. I say that because in less than a month, I will be a 29-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles and beyond, and I come to you live from my home in Southern California every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Pacific time. This show was originally conceived as an outreach for a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity, RaisingTheVibration.org, that I founded in 2016. Um, But it's become even more than that. It's grown on its own to become more than just an outreach of the movement and become really a show about ascension, involvement, inspiration, and love. You know, what are you doing to raise your own vibration? And in doing so, raise the vibration of the everything. And, And how is that leading not just to your involvement, but the involvement and evolution of the whole world? And then how are you taking those things that you've amassed and using them to inspire others? And then lastly and most importantly, how much love are you throwing into the world? Because isn't that really what it's all about? Um, Interestingly enough and ironically enough, today we're talking about a new show called Coming Out for Love. Uh, These two wonderful folks were guests on a show that I co-host called Between the Sheets uh, twice a month. I co-host that show with my friend Gay and Bruno. And they were guests, and I was so impressed by their humanity and their loveliness and their humor that I wanted to get them here on the show. So from Coming Out for Love, uh, showrunner Nicole Kahn is here, and also host and co-producer Jessica Clark is here. And I can't wait to spend some time with these folks and and really work today to, to raise the vibration a little bit. This show is so much about... What are you doing to make the world a better place? What's your passion? What's your service? And making a new show, bringing awareness to the world uh, and bringing some fun to the world is a great way to do that. Jessica and Nicole, welcome to the show. I'm completely honored to have you both here. Thank you so very much. We're glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you it's so my much. pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, Nicole, when you conceive this, because uh, you've done so many great projects, films, television, all kinds of stuff. When you put this together in your head, what were you hoping, how were you hoping it would hit folks when it was released? Um, I'll be very, very honest with you. I thought it was going to be just a run-of-the-mill, mediocre reality TV competition show that I really wanted to do because I watched The Bachelor incessantly with my daughter, and at seven she asked me, I don't understand, Mommy, why aren't the women dating women? And it was like, oh, yeah, I should do that show. Well, 15 years later, I was uh, very blessed to get the the monies to do the show and uh, blessed beyond imaginings to have Jessica become not just a host but a, a, a very real producer in all senses of the word. 
I mean, it is kind of boggling, right, that with all the Bachelor seasons and all the Bachelorette seasons, that they haven't really mixed it up and shown really a cross-section of life the way that it is now. Um, it, it's kind of behind the times in that sense. And, and I think it's interesting because um, television and film have really been, I think, so important in the last 20 years of bringing awareness to the entire world and especially in our country. And I speak of our country because this is the only country I've ever lived in. Um, the kind of awareness that parts of this country that are still sort of working on it really need sometimes seeing faces you're not familiar with on TV or situations you're not familiar with on TV or in a film can change your whole outlook about something. So in that respect, I'm so surprised that this is a show that hasn't happened before. Does that also surprise you? Oh, absolutely. I was waiting for The Bachelor to do that, but it took them, you know, 20 seasons to, you know, have a a woman or a, a man of color be the first, you know, black bachelor they had. So it was right. like they're very behind the times. And I think that they really cater to an audience that lives in the middle of the red states, uh, sadly, because I think there's people in the blue states that love this show too. But I believe the people in the red states um, would really, really find this fascinating and would see us in a whole different light. And that, that's really who we want to reach, not just our community to share this wonderful, you know, sort of gift we've been given to give them, but also to really, you know, raise the discussion, talk about elevating, how can you be your best self every single day? And so many of these women in in our show um, are emblematic of that. And I couldn't be prouder of the cast, uh, Jessica or Amber, our first inaugural lead. It's so wonderful. Yeah, because the truth is, right, even for people who grow up in those very small places, um, it's – and I, I never grew up in a tiny place, but I certainly have dated people who grew up in the middle of those red states, like you were talking about. There were always gay people and lesbian people and bisexual people and, and transgender people and, and um, non-binary people, but nobody ever talked about it. But they, they were always exactly. there. They were just waiting for someone to shine a light on them and tell them it was okay to literally come out for love, right, and, and be seen mm-hmm. by everybody. And, and those are the places that, that's, like you said, that still need the work, that we still need to um, help to illuminate for them, that, that everybody is welcome in our country and everybody is welcome in this world. And I think shows like this break so much ground. Now, is it also, I'm sure, um, so, so fun and the reality show you always wanted it to be, of course, and that's important too because sometimes mm-hmm. people take a message in easier, I think, if they're also having a good time. Oh, yeah. I, I hope, you know, we had a blast on the set. As I said before, I've never had so much fun uh, with Jessica Clark as I did on A Perfect Ending, as I did on Coming Out for Love. It, it was just a really fun set to be on because we were reinventing the show every single day. Um, because we got the the opportunity to elevate the show from, you know, the very first week on. And uh, as I had said, the show that I had envisioned was just going to be, you know, this little kind of fun thing, didn't have to be artistic at all. Um, and then because of what happened on the set and what people see in episode number two, 
uh, called The N-Word, the show became a completely different show. Well, the show became a completely different show when we cast Jessica, and I will let her speak to her experience yes. of coming onto the show and what she envisioned for it. So for you, oh, what, was you. The, what was the draw? What made you, had to do, what, what made you say, I absolutely have got to do this, Jessica? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I was initially, oh, I have to do this. I think that um, I took it very seriously because it was coming from Nicole. And Nicole and I, as she said, worked together in actually my first feature film, A Perfect Ending. And it was a wonderful experience, both both uh, professionally for me and personally. Um, so, you know, we, having had that working experience together, we've kept in touch through the years and watched each other's careers so, you know, there, there's an implicit trust there that was for me, but I really had to think about it because I have always seen myself far more as a, an actor and writer versus a, a television host. Um, I did some sort of little hosting gigs years ago, and I felt that I was expected to be artificial, you know, artificial to me, I should say, like really like sure. fucky mm-hmm. and fucky and like, here we go and this is happening, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's not my personality. Right. Not that I don't like to have fun and things like that, but like that particular brand, I have friends that do it and it's phenomenal and I'm obsessed with how they do it, but it's not me. So I was nervous about that. Um, but also my, my sort of ears itched or whatever the expression is, because I started thinking, well, this, this, could be if I take myself out of the equation this could be a really major thing because it hasn't happened this is not something that we've seen um, this is the first one in the U.S. that's focused around the life life and love of queer women and, and queer identifying peoples um, and the few that we have had have been very in my mind um, distort you know Distortion probably isn't the right word, but but representation that doesn't accurately reflect our community. So you know, to we mentioned the Bachelor earlier, like like there's that expectation if it's made, particularly if it's made through the mainstream, that they only cast sort of the most sort of heteronormatively palatable um, lesbians or queer women, right? The, the the those of us that that the the powers that be, which are primarily men, still um, those that the powers that be decide are desirable enough or fit fit their their mold enough, and and so that has always been a distinct turnoff for me. Um, and then and then just the diversity across the board. I'm talking about ethnic diversity. I'm talking about um, ability diversity, uh, body diversity, kind of all of these different um, these different facets that go into making up who we are, you know, just being, being queer women is just one element of who we all are. And intersectionality is a passion for me. Um, it's, you know, loving my community and seeing us in the true breadth that we are, but also recognizing that we're not a monolith and we're so many other things as well. So we have Michelle, for example, who's queer, but she's also a deaf woman. And so how does that impact her experience existing in the community and her experience trying to find love within, you know, two smaller groups. We have people from the South, from small towns. We have a single mom. You know, we have all of this. Um, anyway, I'm getting off track. So when Nicole spoke to me about it, I had a thing, and, and, I, and I basically said all of that to her, and I said, and in particular, ethnic diversity, I said because, for me, like, I can't stand in front of a cast of women that, that, that only show a very narrow slice of who we are. Um, and and I also believe that I said if you uh, 
it may seem like diversity to Caucasian people if they see one or two brown or black faces, but that's not diversity for the rest of us, you know. So there's always that expectation that, you know, if, if, there, is a, if there is an ethnic uh, contestant that they often would get eliminated early um, and or they would be expected to pair up with a Caucasian person. And so all of these things were kind of rolling around my head and, you know, and I, I took these things to Nicole and, you know, Nicole being Nicole, who's just a passionate storyteller and just like yeah. passionate about people's stories and what makes up people who they are. It's why she's such a great director for actors. Like her brain, I think, then like started whirring and that that sort of became the the nexus of what Coming Out for Love grew into. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, beautifully said. Nicole? Yeah, I was just going to say, Jessica, you know, that that's the reason I immediately made her a producer because she put such an incredible, you know, print on the show uh, that's all Jessica um, that I oh, really, really, I would really not go that far. <laughs> well, wait, wait. I want to say one thing, though. Part of what makes this show really is about Jessica. Not it's, it's about how Jessica deals with the girls. It's about how Jessica gets to be a fairy godmother from time to time. I pretty <laughs> much said, do whatever you want to do <laughs> because her instincts are so spot on. She's witty when she needs to be. She's incredibly insightful when people need to hear what she has to say. She commands attention the minute she walks in a room. All the girls say that and you'll hear it in the show. So for me, it, she became sort of part of the, you know, the full, whole sort of feel and tone of the show. And that really elevated it on my end. And so then I had to raise my game, and we all kept raising each other's games, quite frankly. And I think that's why the show's turned out so wonderfully. It's beautiful. I would agree, well, and, and I'd I, I, now... add to that. Please, Jessica. Sorry, I was just going to say um, I, I agree with that. And to add to that, we were lucky um, and smart enough, I like to think, but lucky enough to to cast this amazing group of women who are really were prepared to to go deep. You know, I mean, they they showed up and it was all this just like gorgeous, like queer, free, beautiful women just like being joyous together. Um, and then they all had these tremendous life experiences and dreams and thoughts and conflicts and, and they were really prepared to share them with us. And so it, it just sort of became this, this beautiful um, evolving story. And Absolutely. That's yeah. And that's, and that's how ahead, it should be. I mean, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I understand that everybody does their thing. And I also understand that there are, I understand that there are certain artistic projects that are very niche. But, but for the most part, I think, when you're creating something like this, I think as artists, we almost have a, a, a human and cultural responsibility at this point to show people a cross-section of what life really looks like and not just to say, you know, oh, we're coming out for love, but it's only white girls that are all lesbians. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. it's, not, it's not really showing what the world is. And I especially think as members of the queer community, and I know now there are going to be a lot of people that disagree with what I'm saying, it's so important that you not just preach to your own choir. It's so important that we understand that, that queerness is a spectrum and this community is ever-evolving. And as it involve, evolves and after, as younger generations come up and decide they want to add more letters to the alphabet, 
and they want to add um, more ways to to express themselves and more ways Mm -hmm. to say what their identity means to them, it's our obligation to expand our own minds and open up and say, okay, uh, we used to be just an L and a B and maybe and then a, maybe a T and you know what now we're 20 things but that's okay because we need to show the entire rainbow if you're going to represent the rainbow then you have to show all the colors of the rainbow right absolutely a, a hundred million percent yeah I couldn't couldn't have said it better it's so so important and and I think it's been for for me like people ask how I identify and I would say I identify as a queer lesbian which sort of gets them a bit confused but it's because when I was a baby gay like it very much was still like LGBT maybe Q, I'm sorry LGB uh, and then T and Q didn't come along until a lot later so you know I was like am I bi and then I was like no I think I'm lesbian but I remember even my friends that were bisexual at the time, they had so much fear around even expressing that because there were so many, um, and, and I do understand the history and I'm not, I'm not dismissing sort of the experiences of the elders of our community and why that was problematic, you know, could, have been, could be problematic for them in those days. But I remember the fear that some of my bisexual friends had and it just never, ever sat right with me because... For, for me, it's not like, yes, we should expand and grow. And the entire idea is that every generation, right, they elevate the conversation and the experiences and the learnings and, and the, the, the grace and they do a little healing from generational trauma and all of these things. Like, to me, like, that is the definition of, of human evolution is that, you know, the next generation um, gets it just that little bit more. And so that's what I see is happening generation on generation with this. And I, I, I truthfully... Um, don't, I, well, I do, it's fear, right? It's fear and ignorance. But for people sure. to turn around and be exclusionary, having fought so hard, these principles yes. that they say they hold so dear and have spent much yes. of their adult life fighting, like I cannot and will yes. not comprehend why that fear then leads them to turn around and close the door on other people that are just looking for that same understanding and acceptance and love and chosen family. Like, I just, I, I, I think it's unforgivable, truly. And that's why I refer to myself as a queer lesbian, because lesbian is my word, and I love it, but the, the turf movement, the trans-exclusionary radical feminists, as they call themselves, which I don't see any right. feminism happening in there, um, but for me, no. they've sullied the word. It's a, like, it's, it's, it, it doesn't carry the, the joy. I used to be so proud of that word and so proud that I could claim it and so proud that that was my community like I really did, you know, and now it kind of leaves a bit of bad taste in my mouth, which is so sad. And so that's why I, I define myself as a queer lesbian because to me, if you are a woman, you are a woman. If you say you are a woman, you're a woman. If you're a non-binary folk, fantastic. Like, welcome everybody. Pan, bi, like all of these things. Like, it's just an expansion of our understanding of the human self. That's all it is. So to try and arbitrarily cut and slice and dice and lock people out and like, what, what does that make us? It makes us no better than the Christo-fascists on the other side that say, you know, Jesus would like us killed. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. It's yes. a contradictory no. Uh, no. logic. Well, but that's, uh, unfortunately, it's a part of human nature, right? It's not a good part. It's a part that we need to work to evolve past. But it is mm-hmm. definitely a foible of human nature that, it, that we will, even as, as marginalized communities, 
find a way to marginalize others within our community. And I agree with mm-hmm. you 6,000%. And, and growing up as a bisexual person who has been out since I was 18, uh, now I identify as pansexual because I think now it limits me to say just men or women because mm-hmm. I love and respect the divine feminine and the divine masculine in anyone, however they decide to say who they are, uh, however they identify. But if I had a dime for every time a gay person or especially a lesbian person said to me when I identified as a young bisexual person, well, I don't really believe that's a thing, but whatever. And all I could think of was exactly what you said, Jessica. How would you have felt as a gay or lesbian person if someone had said to you, well, I don't even think that's a thing, but whatever. Um, These are all the things we fought to not have to deal with anymore that that the generations before us, you know, fought in order to, for us to have this kind of acceptance, let's now not marginalize each other. I'm sorry, Nicole, you want to say something? I was just going to say the, the whole issue around bisexuality is still a huge issue, and we discuss it yeah. several times in the show. Because, and I, I didn't realize it still had that, you know, unbelievable, mm. um, you know, sort of what do you call it? It's just that there's a, a taint to that word that's so visceral for so many uh, lesbians. Um, I think that's part of the reason why, but I, I didn't realize it was happening even into, you know, cause I remember Danae was talking about that. She's 27. You know, she was, she almost convinced herself she wasn't a lesbian and began, began calling herself pansexual because of the, you know, of that taint of that bi term. It's very, mm. it's very heartbreaking mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I agree. It's it's completely heartbreaking, and it's heartbreaking that anybody who fought for rights would turn around and deny anyone their rights. And I think that I understand, like Jessica said, I understand what those that came before us, what they fought for, and and I understand um, why at that time there had to just be gay people. Because mm-hmm. the idea of all these different things for straight folks to wrap their minds around, right. when they were having a hard enough time wrapping their mind around that. But we're now, you know, 40 years past that. And, and, and there's nothing, I'll give you a great example. So for many years, and, and still sometimes I taught for Models of Pride, which the Gay and Lesbian Center puts on for young people, I think it's like 12 to 24 I am myself an intersex person. Um, do I identify that way? Sure. Am I just that way? Sure. I was literally born that way. Um, when, I t- when I teach for those kids, they know exactly what it is. They know exactly what it mm. means. They, you don't have to explain anything to them. But if I'm, if I'm in a group of people in their 50s, which I am, and I say I'm intersex, I see all the eyes glass over, like when you're trying to discipline your cat and they look away and pretend it's not happening. <laughs> so it's so, you know what I mean? Such, a, so such an so apt analogy. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's so important for all of us, no matter what age we are, to open up our minds and remember when we were young, young queer people, mm-hmm. what we were fighting mm-hmm. for, and that we have to respect you know, all the different terms now that people have decided that they are because that's what they've decided. And, 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 you know, knowing young people, some of those terms are really specific. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, there's five or six different variations of that specificity. But you know what? Fantastic. Because
because in the end, it just means more accepting people, including our allied friends. And, um, and like I said earlier, Jessica, I think there's a certain amount of hypocrisy that just comes with being a human being. And it's something mm-hmm. in our nature that we need to fight against as we're trying to evolve. But I can't tell you in my life, oh. I'm 56, how many people I know that said to me, I could never be in a relationship with a woman who had slept with a man and then oh, yeah. transitioned into men. Then they transitioned mm. into men. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? So I think that <laughs> well, we need to make yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of it is projection, right? So it's projection sure. with things like that, for sure. Like I always say, like the most violently homophobic people, particularly men, I'm like, mm, think about it a little too right, often, yeah. do you? You know what I mean? I yean, yeah, it's a yes, trope, exactly. but it's so true. It's of so course, true. Um, so bothered. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, why do you care that much? And 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 honestly, like, I do think I think it's a human thing. And I also, honestly, I think it's a a thing that happens that can happen as you grow older as a human being. Like, it's easier to become sort of less elastic and and more, you know. Uh, so, you know, what you were talking about earlier about the echo chamber, you didn't call it that, but like talking about reaching people right. outside of, of your immediate community. I firmly believe in right. that. Like the, the echo chamber, I mean, I guess it can be affirming, but you're not really changing anything, you're not really changing anything in the conversation if I'm just saying things to people that automatically agree with me all the time, you know? And so I, I mean, myself and my wife, we talk about this because you know, we have um, tattoo and piercing studios in LA and in Florida. And so a lot of the artists that come through and guests and things like that, they're younger. We have non-binary folks, we have queer folks, we have, we have, we have all the kinds. Um, And we have had to make a, we've had to make conscious decisions to make an effort to, to keep up, to learn and adapt and grow and understand. And it's like, and even if we don't understand, there's a level of acceptance like that's what we're all seeking as human beings, right? So what does it, how does it diminish me? How does it diminish my light to accept what another human being is telling me about themselves or about someone, they, you know, about the concept of someone? Like that, I lose nothing from it. But there's like such this sort of tribalism, I think, that still exists in, in our psyche. And, and I think that, you know, I'm from the UK originally, now I live in the US and it's happening happening in both places just that that level of you know the divide and conquer they're like we're going to carry on doing all this awful stuff over here but we're going to keep you guys all completely distracted by by you know like riling up these culture wars that like nobody it wasn't yes. it wasn't a thing you know what i mean like but but statistically right. they lost gay marriage right even their own children but don't think there's a problem with gay marriage. So now that all the inflammatory terms are about trans kids and trans athletes and all of these things. And listen, like people can have an open conversation, but it's the, it's the distortion and level as well of the media that really sort of grinds me. Because, for example, when there was this huge thing about trans athletes and that's all everyone was talking about and stuff, and listen, it's a very interesting conversation to have. I actually yes. don't know what what I believe in that instance is one of those few things where I'm like, I kind of do see, you know, somewhat of both sides, even though for me I'm a staunch believer in, in, in full trans rights and full trans acceptance. But when that whole thing was getting psyched up, you know how many trans high school athletes they were talking about in the entirety of the U.S.? Seven. 
It was seven out of 300 million people, many of whom are getting their rights stripped away. Roe versus Wade, you know, let alone all the anti-LGBT, anti-like critical race theory, which they don't even know, which isn't even taught in schools. Like all of this stuff, it's literally like these divide, like keep us distracted by hating each other versus paying attention to what's really affecting our peace and well-being and our evolution and all of that stuff. And I, I really think that there's an element of that, you know, that, that, that floods through our community as well. I, I agree oh, with you 100%. And that's why I think um, it's so important. Like I said, originally we were talking about coming out for love, that people look and they see a cross-section of different kinds of women and of different kinds of people in different communities. Um, so different, different people uh, ethnically, different spiritual bents, people who are differently abled. So, so you see everyone represented, and, and then it all just starts to seem so normal, right? You like the show, mm-hmm. and you're enjoying the show, and then suddenly you forget that it even seemed bizarre to you in the beginning because you're liking the show, and that's how people change. That's how minds get changed, and when minds get changed, laws get changed, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just the cultural evolution. And, it, and sometimes it's, it's, it's the artists, right, that are really there fighting for that change in a way that doesn't seem like that's what it's all about. And it doesn't I mean, Nicole's be literally been doing was. that her entire career. Nicole's yes. been doing that yes. her entire career with her story, with her movies, with her stories, like having people come into your living room or your bedroom and it like through your television and, and share these, these parts of their soul. Like that's, she, she gets, she gets letters about it every day, every single day. Um, correct, Nicole? Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially as we were talking about before, a perfect ending is everybody of all my films. That's the healing movie that they have. And they'll watch it over and over and over, literally over and over for an entire year and um, heal from it, uh, from whatever sort of universal theme, you know, hits their core. All of my stories are based on some sort of experience I've had, so they ring true. But more than that, I am, like, committed and dedicated (laughs) to telling the stories as um, authentically as I can. And you know, try to challenge myself artistically. Like with The Perfect Ending, I was doing cinema pointillism, uh, which was about capturing, you know, close-ups and uh, trying to make the the point that we never really stop and see all these little interconnected little spots that bring us all together and show the bigger picture. And so that was, you know, sort of that motif. And that's sort of something that we all have to to do as artists to try to keep challenging ourselves to keep, you know, uh, work fresh and, and trying new things. Um, I've been very, very blessed uh, by my fan base because they've supported um, three of my films have been donor-based. And this show was mm. completely uh, supported by a woman who used a perfect ending to heal, uh, Joe. Uh, wow. uh, we call her Doc Joe. Joe, who is nice. our um, main EP, who funded literally 95% of the show and um, has... Uh, become her own self after 40 years of marriage and her her husband passed away. She has finally come out um, herself in in her small town in Canada. So uh, Mm. she's a coming out for love, massive coming out for love story. Yeah, it's all sort of um, beautifully interwoven, all all three of us in that uh, way from from a perfect ending on. 
That's so beautiful. Now, um, and that's important, right? And and that's sort of the circle of what life should be, right, Nicole? You make a project that changes someone's life. That person helps you to make another project that will save more people's lives. And that's really sort of the, the give and take, right, the, the wheel of what the universe really, how the universe really should function. Um, you take what you need well, when you need it fun. and you put back in yeah. when you can help. It's blessedly happened that way with each of my films. The right people have come together and, you know, they were the just the right alchemy of all the things. And, you know, I'm a, a person who really believes that somebody's got a better way to do it. Okay, let's do it. Whatever's the best thing for the project is one of my main um, focuses. Now, granted, I'm the final buck stops with me, and so if you don't like the film, it's my fault. If you like the show, it's it's still my fault. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like uh, you know, I'm just trying to basically be true to who. I am and my respect and love for women and especially the love affair that we all have with ourselves when we become our authentic selves and become yeah. massively different humans is just, you know, how much more rewarding does it get than that? Yeah. And Nicole really yeah. does, yeah. Nicole really does take her ego out of decisions like that. Like it's quite impressive because, you know, as creators, and I very much include myself in this, like you have to have an ego, right? You have to be present in your ego and be like, have the belief that you can create this person, show, character, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but Nicole really like has the ability of like, she'll process like when someone's being really passionate about something and, you know, pushing their point or, or whatever it is, she'll process it. And you can, you can see the wheels turning for a second and then she'll just like decisively like, like choose to believe you or, you know, but be like, I can see how that would add or, you know, evolve it in, in some way. Let's do it. You know, and that's really not something that I personally experienced in the, in the industry, particularly, um, it takes a lot of us a, a lot longer, I think, to, to adapt with that. Um, and I do think that that, um, that that ability and that lack of ego, but also the we, – we, Nicole and I both at the beginning of, of filming, at the beginning of production, we, we spoke to the women, to, to Amber and to all of the contestants, and, and we said, like, this is this – is, we're here for this to be a celebration of our community. Like no one is out to try and make you look bad. We're not going to be tricking you. We're not going to be slicing and dicing what you say to make it more like sensational. You know, you be whoever you want to be. And we want to see and meet that person, you know, and like, yes, you'll be put under pressure and it'll be emotional sometimes and things like that. But that is, that is truthfully what we want. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure people say that all the time, particularly in the reality TV sphere, but it's been so gratifying that as the episodes have been released and they release each Friday a new episode releases, um, that, the, that the women, the, the contestants, lots of them have, have said to me at the very least that, that they understand now. You know, they understand, like what Nicole was trying to say in that respect, in that you can show what someone's going through. You can show the highs, the lows, the drama, the pain, the toxicity, the thumbs. You can show all of those things without being cruel, without being overly judgmental. You know, like, like there are things that happen, and Nicole referenced the second episode, 
and that's that happened between Michelle Lundy and Amber and uh, regarding a previous incident on social media and the N-word and things like that. And it would have been so easy, in my opinion, to demonize um, a person who, uh, you know, wasn't, in their, wasn't in the best place they've ever been and, and had, a, had a defense mechanism of becoming very defensive and angry when called out on some things, which a lot of us have. Listen, like, I get that. Um, but it could have been handled 10 different kinds of ways. And without shying away from it, I mean, Nicole literally doesn't edit, like, the, 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 the meat of this conversation at all. She really allowed the women to take the conversation, the discussion where it needed to go because it, it spilled out throughout colorism and racism within our own communities and, like, all of these different things. So, but to watch it and see the compassion with which she dealt with the, the material um, was, for me, very valid. I mean, I wasn't surprised because I know Nicole, but it was very validating. And it also, I was like, look, this is great television. This is still great <laughs> television yeah. like I was there and I'm watching it like oh my god but it's not cruel you know and I, I just love that I'm I, I love that and I thank Nicole for that yeah thank you That's thank beautiful. you Jess. and I, I was very happy also that we were able to because we've gotten quite a few letters about this the storyline of Lundy um, goes through episodes three and then four where people are just their minds are blown by the end of four uh, about what ends up happening in that situation. And I've had people just go crazy for that episode as well as the episode with Michelle. Um, I've gotten a lot of things and as has Michelle, people just weep when they hear her Mm -hmm. uh, talk about what it is to be um, deaf and then to be deaf during COVID and for people Mm. to not even think about the fact that their masks are covering their mouths Mm -hmm. and, Oh, it just, you know, every time I watch that, I cry. It, 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 it's fresh for me mm. every single time I cry, you know. Um, mm. And maybe that's because I understand, you know, I have my own son with special needs, and that was much like, you know, Jessica said we have to have this. I wanted a person that was otherly abled because that is my universe. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, are, we need to be represented always in, in, in our media as much as possible. I agree. And we also Absolutely. need to think about the fact that if you're a member of the queer community, if you're a member of the, I love that, otherly able, that's so beautiful. If you're a, a member of that community, if you're a member of a community that hasn't somehow been marginalized for ethnicity or spirituality or whatever the story is, um, mm-hmm. we all need to come together and have each other's backs because we've all had that experience of what it feels like to not belong or what it feels like to not see our face represented on television or in a film. We've all been there and had that experience. So it's so important that we band together to make sure that maybe a time will come when no one ever has to have that experience or that feeling again. Um, and we do that by, by extending the same kindness to anyone that we would extend to ourselves, right? And to understanding that, that, um, Oh, there's that wonderful expression that I love that if you're, if you're here because you want to help me with my cause, you're in the wrong place. If you're here because you realize that my cause is also your cause, you're in the right place. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's so important. 
Thank that you. We remember thank that, you. Thank that you. We're one human yep. family and we're all in this together. Yep. And if, if somebody is falling behind uh, with the media or with the government, it's our job to extend a hand and pull them up and make sure that they're not being treated um, other than everyone else. And, um, and I get so, I, mean, I have so many friends in the, in the other, uh, otherly abled community and I, I teach um, kids with Down syndrome and and kids on the autism spectrum. I teach acting and radio. Oh, can I just and say so, thank you and bless you? Because kids, oh, kids my son, teacher, you know, basically saved his life in terms of his intellectual capacity. So thank you, thank you, thank you for teaching our kids. Oh, it's 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 my extreme pleasure. Um but that's what that you have to tap. It's so funny because a friend of mine represents so many, um, or did for years before she retired, represented so many actors with Down syndrome, and her son is a, has a Down kid as well, and kid. He's no longer a kid. That's what happens when you're in your 50s. Everybody becomes <laughs> a kid to you. Um, but he, uh, she said to me once, you know, normally when they do interviews, I have to come in and and sort of be the mediator. But it's like you speak down. And I thought, but it's not about that. It's about a human being touching another human being at their energy center. We should all be able mm-hmm. to speak to everyone, no matter who they are or, or where they come from or what their story is. And we need to concentrate more on that. But what I was going to say was having, having taught those kids and loving them so much, every time now that I watch a show or a film and I see that we have cast someone uh, who is, has an intellectual difference who is you know in a wheelchair who is an amputee i think you know what that's amazing because as kids we didn't see that and i think that is that's a that's a community that queer people need to band with may i ask you have you seen my last film more beautiful for having been broken i have not but i would love to you must because the the boy I cast is sort of representative of my son, and he has a very, very rare, unique uh, genetic anomaly called um, Fanconi anemia. And the, I, I cannot tell you, this poor boy has finally had to be pulled out of school for the cruelty to him. And he's this brilliant little actor who uh, plays Freddie in the film More Beautiful for Having Been Broken. I just have to say it again because his performance – won so many um, supporting actor awards for fest- at festivals and things because people got to see what we're trying to say, um, which is, you know, I'll get in an elevator and people won't look at my son, you know, and he's trying to say hi, but he says it differently. You know, I'm at Disneyland and there's a quadriplegic, you know, parked somewhere who's trying to make eye contact with everybody that passes them and they won't look at them. So I go up to smile at him and he starts laughing. You know, it's seeing our kids. I'm sorry. I'm so mm-hmm. passionate about this. No, please, please. Uh, That's why we're so, here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, it's making and that people was a feel, pl- I mean, so many, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I, uh, when I went out to casting agents, I said, I want a child that has special needs. And I got one mm-hmm. kid after another after another. One, one child had CP in his thumb. That was the extent of their special needs, you know, and it just it was making <laughs> right. me crazy, right. you know. Yes. And um, it was, it, that was a meant-to-be casting for sure, for sure. He is just brilliant. And um, 
It's, uh, yeah, and my daughter's in the film, too, uh, because she was a theater kid forever, and she's a damn good little actress, so I'm very, nice. that's, that's a very personal one for me. I, I can't wait to see it. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, and bless you for doing that, for, 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 you know, for being somebody who, in all of your films, Nicole, goes against the grain and doesn't just make the films that everybody else was making, but make the films that really speak to your soul. I think as artists, uh, what you were saying earlier, Jessica, about why you, you weren't a host of a lot of things because you would have been made to have felt uh, inauthentic with yourself. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think that, and coming as, as an actor myself, starting out as an actor and then as, as a talk radio host for, you know, almost three decades, you, you get into this business, right? And then it starts telling you who you are. And it's very mm-hmm. easy to lose who you are. It's very hard to hang. I think it's easier now for younger folks. When, when we were all coming up, it's so hard to hang on to who you are and be who you are. And so I, I say bless you to both of you for continuing to be authentically who you are um, and going against the grain because sometimes people just have to see that there are people out there fighting for what they believe in, even if it's not the typical thing that everyone does, for people to think, oh, I can do that too. You know, this this world is full of closets, and they're not all for queer people. There are people in all oh, different yeah. kinds of closets, scared That's to right. tell people anything about themselves. Um, working as I do in the paranormal and spiritual community, people are scared to talk about seeing a ghost or seeing a UFO or their own psychic gifts. And people are all over the world scared to be who they are. And sometimes watching Coming Out for Love even if the thing you have to come out about isn't that you're in the queer community, might just make you go, you know what? I could, t- I could start telling people the truth about me. I mean, that's yeah, how it was bra- for me. Bravery is universal. Person. I was an out and proud bisexual person who told nobody that I was an intersex person because everybody was like, you might not ever want to tell anybody about that. And then one day I was on uh, interviewing a very well-known intersex psychologist and he said to me, you know, this world is full of people who are intersex, and there's just nobody in the media who will admit that it's them. And I thought, oh, God, that's mm-hmm. not. And I came out right then on the air because I realized that it's sometimes the safe thing to do is not the right thing to do. And, um, and it's so important to authentically be who you are, not just for you, but because it also helps others who are out there just waiting to see it so they can be it too. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm so grateful to you both for doing this show and for showing all different kinds of women and the representation of what the word woman means. You know, I think that's so important um, that we realize that, that it's being a woman is not what's between your legs, right? It's, it's what's going on in your soul and, and Mm -hmm. how you, how you connect with your divine feminine and how you represent yourself and even sometimes representing yourself to yourself and, uh, and, and being a woman. And it, to me, like you were talking about earlier, Jessica, right? The definition of feminism is not we're angry and everyone else sucks. It's, it's, right. you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a woman and it's awful and I hate everyone else. It's, I mean, it's really about, embracing and loving so much that feminine in you and then and then wanting to include everybody so they embrace and love what's in them right Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean it's to embrace and love whatever 
what whatever your truth is, whatever your light, whatever makes you excited or happy, like all of those things, like that that to me is is feminism. It's the it's the freedom, but it's the social freedom as well, and it's and it's having the the the, the social welfare net, you know, safety nets as well um, for for everyone, but but particularly for women, especially in this day and age. And so I'm sorry, my brain just whirred on five different sections, and I lost my train of thought. And no, you're, you're fantastic. You're doing so great. <laughs> No, you're, you're to me sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say that Nicole's laughing because it happens. It happens to me all the time. Are you kidding me? I was going to say the one thing that I found so touching is we have two other masks presenting besides sort of Amber uh, that end up both really, really tapping into their femininity with Amber. Mm-hmm. And it really, mm-hmm. as a butch myself, it really flipping moved me so much to see mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. vulnerability and their abil- their willingness to risk that, you know, because I, I know I wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It just right. it blew my mind yes. as a book, you know, and how I identify. So, and, you know, of course I'm an old timer, um, but it, it was really, really poignant for me. What Wasn't that for you, <laughs> Jess, seeing Sunny and Lotus? I, I uh, just loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I think that it's such a, you know, as as somebody that's married to to a mass presenting woman myself, like it's so, it, it can be. We, one of the reasons why I love sort of the younger generation's fluidity and how they understand things and their specificity and things is because it, it to me it really shows that they're not trying to be constrained by these identities. They're trying to shoehorn mm-hmm. themselves in. They're they're able and willing exactly. to figure out their identities as they go. Because I think that 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 any label or category or whatever that we that we attach to ourselves, so butch or mass presenting, for example, like that comes with a lot of expectations in our community. And I definitely hear, you know, my wife and her <clears throat> butch or mass presenting friends talking about that and how the expectation is like they're always supposed to be the tough and the bad boy and the this and the that and like and like listen, like you you can that can be part of your swag or you can have a different kind of a swag. You can play it play it up and down like. I find a lot of that sexy, like all of that is great and fantastic, but, but she's a woman as well. You know what I mean? So right. it's not, it's, 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 it's not wanting people to be constrained, not by their own feelings necessarily, but by how they're supposed to behave because then we're just falling back into negative patterns from previous generations. So yes, I felt that um, on the show, I thought it was, really beautiful, really brave. Um, there's several conversations as well about certain taboos in our community, and one of them is kind of, you know, stud on stud or mask on mask, which is completely lovely and wonderful and, and fantastic and is very rarely sure. seen. It, you know, it's very rarely portrayed in the media because, well, one, femme femme is so much more palatable for a lot of people, right? But also there's, it's right. just one of those taboos, and I think it can be very, very lonely, um, and, and I truly believe that everyone has a divine men, um, feminine in them. And as you said, a divine, a divine masculine as well. I certainly identify with that. And I, you know, my, my visual is a, is a very feminine woman, but, but I feel like I have a lot of the divine masculine in me. And, and it, it has Ruby, who's my wife, and I, 
sort of connect on that level because I see and feel like the 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 soft woman within her, and she can see and 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 love and recognize like the the masculine in me, despite what people might see from the exterior. Um, and so I do think yes. coming out for love gives you those nuances and just kind of puts those little pointers in your head of like, huh, you know, like I never thought about it like that. Or I just would have made this assumption. Like that's not a bad thing. Like we all make assumptions until we learn. Otherwise the beauty of a show like this is that you have somewhere where you can learn otherwise, you know? And I love that. I love that the show offers that to people. Well, and I I think one of the things, That, that I feel the most proud of also is that the girls all felt so safe to explore different aspects of who they were. And, um, sure. you know, I think Jessica went a long way in that. Um, I'm a mama bear trying to take care of all the girls, you know, so we took really, really good care of them and made them feel safe. And like what Jessica said, I've ha- I haven't had to like manipulate editing. I'm just, I'm just editing the show we shot. So, um, you know, and I think that what Jessica was saying is the girls are seeing that they're not being cut out of um, distorted or out of context. The show is very much what we shot. Yes. Yeah. And very you much need so. To. I mean, I think that's just this idea we have in the entertainment industry that we need to manipulate things in reality television or in news. When the truth is, like, life is interesting enough we don't need to mess with it. Like people will tell their own stories and everybody's story is fascinating in a way. So the idea that we need to like make it more interesting by making it not really what it is, to me that almost makes it not interesting because you're trying to sort of, um, you know, cookie cut somebody into a, 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 a box where it's just letting yeah, them tell their own the story. I think it's the, you know, so yeah, much more. Exactly. Right. So much I couldn't more agree organic. more. And I, and it, yeah. No, please carry on. And I, I, and I disagreeing. love what you both said about, um, you know, how we perceive butch women or masculine presenting women or how we perceive feminine women or, or how we as women perceive women in general. We're very hard on mm-hmm. each other, gay, straight, trans oh, God, or yeah. otherwise. We're very difficult on e- with each other. And I think this idea that, well, a woman, if she's going to do it, should do this. Um, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think we just need to let everybody be who they are and allow, as you said, Jessica, their divine feminine, their divine masculine to present the way that they do and not decide that we've decided how that's going to happen. Because getting in touch with your, your divine feminine, your divine masculine, that's a very personal journey. And every single person is on that same spectrum, but they're all in a different place on that spectrum. And what's beautiful about people is everybody presents a little different, and we should be encouraging them to do so, you know, and especially for younger people, um, I mean, you know, for older folks as well, but I think especially for younger people watching a show, when when they're not quite sure who they are yet, just knowing they can be whatever they want to be and they just have to follow their heart and their soul, I think makes it that much easier for them to find their authentic self. And, and I think, obviously, Jessica, in all the work that you do with people, and Nicole, you too, and, and in all the projects that you've made, Nicole, it, what I'm getting from you too more than anything today is how much it's about um, finding your authentic self and helping others to do the same. And, and I think you're both just utterly beautiful, and I thank you so much for being here. Where can people find the show? 
comingoutforlove.com. And thank you so much, Sheena. I really, really super appreciate it. Absolutely my pleasure. And Jessica, what about you? Is there another place people can find you, sweetheart? Um, you can you can find me on my Instagram at the Jessica uh, yeah the Jessica Rose Clark um, and then you can also learn more about me and my wife and our businesses at HighArtTattoo.com um, and we have a lot of things that uh, we work with a, a queer community and um, you know women have that have had mastectomies and all all different kinds of things um, so you can find out more about what we do there as well but thank you so much for having us it's been such a pleasure um, oh. and I really love the work that you do here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Oh, and I congratulations you on your 29 years. Sorry. Congrats That's on your 29 right. years. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. August 6th, 29 years. Is that exciting? Yeah. Um, Good for it's, you. Uh, it's, it, it seems like yesterday. I don't even know how that happened. But, yeah, I just, you know, I think that it's so important to tell people stories and when I'm 105, they can wheel me up to the microphone and I can still help people to tell their stories. So I'm a lucky person and I'm, I'm so lucky to know the two of you. And I appreciate this. Thank Please so keep much. making beautiful medicine for the world. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you, Jessica. Nicole Kahn, Jessica Clark, Coming Out for Love is the show. Uh, if you missed any of those links, you can find me at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's my psychic world, my spiritual world, my entertainment world. My world of give back, my nonprofit world, all together in one place, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. And, of course, we're here at RaisingTheVibrationRadio.com and at uh, LiveParanormal.com and iHeartRadio.com and all of our many affiliates. Please check it out. Till I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration, and most importantly know that you are loved and you are loved and you're certainly loved by me. I'm Sheena Metal. This is Raising the Vibration. Check out my movement at RaisingTheVibration.org and I'll see you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.